I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Irrational Fear. It's good to be back. We are kind of easing our way back into weekly shows for the rest of 2022. Thing is, it's just been so exhausting. We've had the election. I've had to go on holidays. I then went on another holiday and, you know, I might even go on another holiday. And you know what that means? It's just, it's difficult to do a regular podcast. But good news is we're doing live shows. We've got a big live show coming up for the Festival of Dangerous Ideas, September 17 at Carrie. Works is all about Australia and how Australia is the most secretive liberal democracy in the world. It's great. We've got a great lineup. Kate McClymont from the Sydney Morning Herald, Damien Cave from the New York Times, Amber Schultz, who of course has done this show a few times before. She's from Crikey. Lewis Hobber, who you know, he's uh, he's the boomer that's on Triple J. Uh, Dan Illich, that's me, and David McBride, who is a whistleblower lawyer, who was the guy who basically told the press about our war crimes in Afghanistan. He's going to be doing the show as well. It's going to be an incredibly funny and strange live show all about secrecy. Uh, who, who knows? We all may go to jail. But, you know, that's that's for the good of everybody listening. I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal Land of the Euro Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start tonight's show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, Scott Morrison reveals he was also secretly sworn in as Prime Minister of Australia. And the Labor Party has achieved what many people thought was impossible. They passed a bill that nearly does something effective on climate change. And unemployment hits a new low of 3.4% with the creation of 20,200 new jobs last quarter that Scott Morrison had to give up after the election. It's the 19th of August and with more jobs for the boys the New South Wales Nationals, this is Irrational Fear. I can't hear anything, I'm sorry. Irrational Fear! Don't forget to unplug your set. 
Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former Royal National Park, Dan Illich, and this is the podcast that takes the news and gives it a nice warm blanket and a cup of tea. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. He's a comedy writer, improviser, and has the key to the Irrational Fear Twitter account. It's Killian David. Hello, Kill. Hello, thanks for having me. Hi. What have you tweeted lately that's going to put us in jail? Something about Scott Morrison. Something high, something oh, good. Oh, yeah. Ouchie, ouchie. Look out. And he's going to buy a podcast with his Patreon money. It's the host of the James Donald Forbes McCann catamaran plan, James McCann. It's so nice to be here until I make a technical error and disappear once again. You would think two years of pandemic. Two years of pandemic, I'd get it right. You know, And, you know, for people who are new to James McCann, James McCann has this podcast called the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan, and he's been begging people to book him on their podcasts to get reach for his podcast. Oh, man. Because he considers himself to be a good talent, of which he is. <laughs> I tell you, Dan, to smash into hurdle number one so swiftly... <laughs> Uh, it's brought me right there. There's no hubris about me being on Humbling. the 19th ranked comedy podcast in Australia. I am humbled. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so sorry for my burden that I bring to the show. Yes, and for people who are listening on the podcast, I'm sure the bit where you logged on and couldn't hear anything has been cut out. So that's what we're referring to <laughs> for people listening to the podcast. No, it was the five minutes of racial slurs that I Oh, uh, yeah, up. we also cut that out okay. as well. We can't, yeah, yeah. We can't do that. Subscribe to the Patreon and you'll, you'll hear all of <laughs> James, where are you at with your catamaran plan? Uh, how's, how's the fundraising going for your catamaran? You started the oh. podcast in order to get it insanely popular so you could... My catamaran, where you're at? Well, that's a great question. And you know, we're ca- the listeners growing, the monetization hard, very <laughs> difficult. So we had um, we had about three thousand dollars, and then I don't know if you're aware, but the cost of milk has exploded. <laughs> sure. Once I get my tax return back, I hope to get it back up to three thousand dollars discreetly. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that publicly. You know, I'm sure it'll be fine. And so I managed to buy. You can't extort from yourself. So I'll pay myself back, and then we have only what four hundred ninety-seven hundred thousand dollars to go. Oh, this is exciting! Coming up later, we're going to be talking with Scott Morrison, who's going to be taking over as host of this show. But first, here is a message from this week's sponsor. Are you a washed-up former leader of a minor political party and want a new job, but you're worried that a life in Parliament has left you with no discernible skills or friends? Then simply log on to jobsfortheboys.co.ck. At jobsfortheboys.coc, you'll find a list of well-paid board placements in fossil fuels and defence, as well as detailed instructions on how to start a farm in regional Tasmania and never be heard from again. To make a profile, simply upload your contact book to the platform and Jobs for the Boys will reach out to you for a quiet word in a noisy place in the middle of the day somewhere around Monica. And if you're a woman, try our sister site that hasn't been invented yet. Jobsforthebois.cock is a sponsor of Irrational Fear. All right, this week's first fear, Scott Morrison's many ministries. Now, we all know the story. He's a man of many ministries. During his time in Parliament, Scott secretly swore himself into two extra ministries at the height of the pandemic. So that pretty much telling anyone. And then uh, as things got better, he was like, hey, I, I like having these extra ministries. I'm going to I'm gonna sign myself into three more. He signed himself into resources, home affairs, possibly the most powerful of all the ministries, uh, and treasury as well. He's thought, well, you know, might as well uh, be, the man, be the money man too. So what's going on here? Like should we be upset that Scott Morrison has gone ahead and secretly sworn himself into so many ministries? Killian, let's start with you. I think we should give him a bit of a break. I mean, he was... Sorry, Ben Fordham, let's start with you. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as he said, like, he he was steering the ship in the Tempest. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and we were all on the shore. We were, I mean, just need to walk in his shoes, as he said, in, the, in, his, in his presser. I mean, all this talk about being on the shore and walking in his shoes, it made me just think that perhaps he was, the next thing he was going to say was how uh, he was walking on the sand and there was only one step, set of footprints. <laughs> and, then, and then it turns out that Jesus was carrying him. So, yeah. I think, I think yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for a long time, uh, I was followed by two sets of footprints and all of a sudden there was yeah. no foot of print, footprints. What happened there? Oh, I swore myself in as Jesus yeah. Uh, yeah. and then I carried myself. Yeah. I just like the way that he was you know, talking about, you know, like, you know, how was it for me, you know, to be in my shoes? I'm sure that he's empathy coach was on the sidelines going yeah, yeah that's it you guys don't know <laughs> what it's it. like to be prime minister it's hard yeah. out there it's hard <laughs> being prime minister not many people get to be yeah. prime minister it's difficult yeah. it's very hard james um look you would you count yourself as a scott morrison fan oh look he's a loser he failed to deliver that election and that's a problem but um from a non-ironic point of view i'm struck all my you know good lefty inner city mates uh Jumping up and down. Like, they can't believe he's done it. This is, like, the proof that he was always an evil man. I'm trying mm. to figure out a way to care about what he's done. I really, like, I'm back. I, please. I, you can, I don't, I'm a low-information, humble suburban father of two. He took on extra jobs at a difficult time. Yeah. He doesn't seem to have abused yeah, that power to. at all. And it's so yeah. within the confines of what you're allowed to do as Prime Minister. He, if he had done that without the consent of the Governor-General, I'm, I'm one of these absolute monarchy people, I should say, as well. So all this yeah. talk that, oh, we should sack the Governor-General, this is insane. He's the Prime Minister. He's the first servant, and he decided to serve in an extended capacity. You know, there's a formality of Cabinet the, consultation. Above and beyond, Yeah. Don't you think the secrecy stuff is weird? Don't you think the whole thing about yeah, no, I do. Yes, I find it weird. Like hiding, hiding the fact that you have undercut your ministers by also becoming an executor of those ministries as well, totally yeah. undercutting the ministry, and particularly when it comes to the coalition, right? Like to have resources minister Keith Pitt, who is a Nationals, being charge of of such a strong ministry, which is part of the Nationals Agreement. Mm. They, they're all about power yes. sharing. And then to come through and go, well, you know, that Nationals guy, I don't really trust him. I'm I, but I don't believe that the drips on Twitter who are going ham <laughs> are doing so because they so respect the National Party and the role that they should have in the coalition. And this is the problem with Scott Morrison time and time. It's like something weird that a loser would do. Like he didn't even do it. If he'd done it, right? No, but you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like pulling your pants all the way down to the ground to take a piss at the urinal. He, it doesn't appear to have been for any other reason than he thought it was appropriate at the time. Health and finance, health and finance I totally understand, right? That was at the peak of the pandemic. Yeah. But resources, yeah. home affairs, treasury, like it, all those yeah. three, like resources, that's got nothing to do with the pandemic. Like, we could have had a war with China at any point, and then we got to <laughs> figure that out. Yeah, and the, one, and the one thing he did, James, as 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 resources minister, was cancel fossil fuel projects, which I'm very right. I'm very much in favour of. I think that's fantastic. Go ahead, cancel the man's any a fossil. Judas, and so the Liberal Party should be furious. Yeah, we should we should be celebrating him for that. We should we should build a plaque for Scott Morrison because he cancelled a fossil fuel be happy project. With it. I don't understand. <laughs> inadvertently, it's really quite offensive to all those other ministers who are on his team who had no idea that he was also the co-executor of those ministries. Here's another point of view. But they suck, Dan. 
Like this, this was the third. This was the third batch. Abbott came in with some hot talent on that front bench. They all fucking went. They were sent abroad. Where was hockey? Where's Bishop? Second ministry. Turnbull. The moderates get a go. Then they're all fucking gone. We're, we're dealing with bottom of the barrel of McMahon. Do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, he was... Greg Hunt was there, James. Greg Hunt was in the front oh, bench. He was the health minister Simon at the time. Simon Birmingham, whoop-dee-doo. I mean, these people are not talent. This is... But he, he was keeping... Marston was keeping these ministers at a, at a distance and not telling them because he needed to make room for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The biggest stuff up with the with the pandemic was uh, was... Not replying to those emails from Pfizer, which which was really quite yeah. a, a major fuck up. The Greg Hunt's team totally totally uh, are, in, are in the tank for. But at the time, Scott Morrison was also health minister. Like he would have got yeah. those emails too, surely. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I don't know that he's a big emails guy, right? He's, yeah, yeah. He's more of <laughs> it's he's more of a Facebook guy. Yeah, the, the CEO of the CEO yeah. of, uh, of Pfizer should have put it on Facebook. Man, if he'd reached out on LinkedIn, Scotty would have been there. Have you seen ScoMo's LinkedIn? Is it is it popping off? No, it's all over the place. Well, I, I think um, Albo didn't even have a LinkedIn, which is why he <laughs> didn't kill it with the, you know, like $150,000 year uh, equity bros. You know, like the AFR, I think, had an article about, like, how could anyone run for high office without a LinkedIn? And like, good Lord, what fucking world are these people living in? Scott Morrison and LinkedIn, the reason why he loves LinkedIn so much is really the platform for the unemployed because anytime you ever use LinkedIn, it's when you're unemployed. No, they're very, it's about making connections with people. I think he could do the religious, I mean, really, that's what he loves, right, is the, the pento hand-in-the-air mm-hmm. stuff. And he's clearly good at it. Like whenever there's a, a clip of him doing one of the pento things, he's great. Like he's he is a much less guarded... Well, when he's saying things like, don't trust that government, I've met these people, that's a better use of his faculties and what he believes. All he can do is be a communicator and you would never let him near a company again. But if all it is is like, who wants to show up in a room and listen to Scott Morrison? Some people, some, not me, some people would want to do that. I saying, think he could be a megachurch leader. Are you saying like, yeah, the Scott Morrison megachurch is in, is in the works, like merchandise, self-help books, music. I mean, he can play the ukulele. Yeah. This is great. Okay, he likes to sing, band. and he's these these hand people. He's got the hand in the air. So I like. He, I, can make his, he can he can make his own crucifixes because he can uh, chop down trees now. No, no, no come on, they don't. <laughs> they don't do that. James, can you give me just one good reason why this is a storm in a teacup? Why we should turn our turn our eyes away from this I, crazy secrecy? I would only say that I think of all the horrible abuses of power that were perpetrated and and lack of oversight that were done during the COVID pandemic. This is the one about which, like, literally nobody noticed. Like, not not only was it, it wasn't just secret. Like, it was deemed such a, not a threat to our democracy that people who knew about it and were writing the book about him didn't blow a whistle. They were like, ah, We'll really, after the election, we'll have a book come yeah, out. After our we'll book comes out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, he's not even, he's not even resigning. He went out, <laughs> I thought he was going to, when he gave that speech, right, the text messages were coming out and people going, Scott, he's gone, Scott, he's gone at 12 yeah, p.m. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. came out and he was like, all I want to, all I want to resign from is seeing the Sharkies not get up this year in the final. Yeah. It's like, he's yeah. sticking around. He's got his money, he's got his pension. He's um, sticking around and, I, we should, and we should all be ashamed of ourselves as well. Yeah. We're even daring to 
insinuate that he was doing anything wrong. Uh, for my sins, I did watch that entire press conference. It was an hour wow. and six minutes, I think, uh, oh. and it was like reliving the hits. You know, it was just like... Uh, <laughs> He's back, not, baby. It's, it's, it's get not, it done. You know, this, everything I did was totally fine. I, no, I was never wrong. I apologise if you were offended. Um, and, uh, and go Sharkies. <laughs> Bye-bye. Irrational fear. That's a matter for the Queensland Government. I mean, that's a matter for the Premier. That's a matter that I'll, I'll raise with other Premiers and Chief Ministers. That's really a question to the Premier. That's a matter I'm, I'm happy to take up with the other Premiers and Chief Ministers. A rational fear. This week's second fear, the climate bill, climate change bill passed a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what this means is 43% cut below 2005 levels to reach net zero by 2050. Uh, and the Climate Change Authority is back with teeth. It's there to advise on the target, which is exciting. Other thing that the bill infers is that there's going to be an annual state of the climate from the climate change minister. They're going to do that every year. I don't know if that's enough, mm-hmm. but yes, we'll hear from the climate change minister once, once a year. year yeah. Once a year, we're going to sure. hear from the climate change minister about how hot <laughs> it's getting. That's exciting. And then a whole bunch of agencies are going to encourage everyone to be good boys and girls. And that is generally the gist of the climate change bill. There's also this thing called the safeguard mechanism that's um, been in place for some time. Uh, it was a little policy that um, James's friend Tony Abbott brought in in 2016. Uh, it had kind of, it kind of had uh, like a punitive measures against business who didn't meet their emissions target. Yeah, but it was just actually- admit it. It's a great, it's a great measure, and Tony Abbott's a great man. You can <laughs> Tony admit Abbott, it. It's been long so, enough. Tony Abbott is a great man. Uh, better than Scott Morrison. I would say he's better than, a, he's better yeah. than Scott Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. I mean, who were these people? Tony Abbott bringing in the safeguard mechanism, Scott Morrison cancelling the PEP, uh, <laughs> fossil fuel projects. For lip the bloody hippies, aren't they? I've had, I've had these Liberal Prime Ministers all wrong. These are climate heroes. Yeah. These are people doing yeah. their best in a system. It's pretty kind of um, a, like a bit of a weak climate bill, but I still think it's going to be pretty good good in terms of moving forward. I like so, it. Yeah. With, I with it's got teeth. It's like, yeah, teeth that could be pulled out <laughs> one by one. And then in America, the Inflation Reduction Act came in last week as well. Mm-hmm. So that was a $370 billion act with only $60 billion inside that $370 billion to do with climate action. The bill also includes a bunch of provisions that essentially means the federal government has to allow auctions of oil and gas on federal land. Uh, so that was the big concession to fossil fuels. How do you feel about climate change, James? I don't, I don't, I don't really know your position. I mean, I'm I'm broadly against you know I like I like nature. Um, oh, yeah. I'm look. I, my religion does not permit contraception, so my children keep coming and I'm poor. So if I if I said, do you know what I mean? Like if this was, it would I would be lying if I said this was a top ten for me. It's like who's going to help me find a house that stops my children getting. Tuberculosis is where I'm at. I'm really at hand to mouth. I can't express to you how much of me having a technical issue at the start of this podcast was due to like very, <laughs> very poor and inefficient technology on my end. If, if there's one thing that this sort of bill can change, though, which I would like to appeal to my patriotism, this is not quite to do with climate change, but it is disgusting that all we do as a country is dig shit out of the ground. Like that is what annoys me, is that as a, an Australian, and I love my country, this, it's basically all we seem capable of doing. There's no, like, proper Australia. There's no car industry. There's no fashion industry. We've got these big cities. I can't think of a good app that's come out of this country. I can't think of one app. I just, I can't de- think of I a just good deleted one this week. Made. I just deleted the COVID safe app. That was a good app that came out of yeah. this country. Oh, yeah. Thank you, very, thank you, Scotty. You know, 
Minister for Digital Innovation too while you're at it. So if we can, like I actually don't mind us clamping down on these industries if only because I find them to be extremely boring, like beyond whatever negative impact that I'm sure they are having on the environment. They just suck. Like they don't help anyone. Except, you know, for, the, except for the shareholders them. and for the owners themselves, yeah. Yeah, who, who then use that money to do what? Buy another investment property? Yeah. And, like, it's just holes and houses. Is I'm that putting, really all we're going to do as a nation? I've got a sketch coming out next week and it's all about gas and the gas prices and some of the insane things that the gas companies have done over the last um, 30 years is, is, is totally counterintuitive to it, helping out anything helping out this whole situation with Australia and our gas supply. So 80% of the gas that we make goes basically overseas and the largest user of that gas is the gas companies themselves. It it takes about 8% of the gas to actually put it on a boat and ship it overseas. So that's that's wasted gas. The gas prices are locked at 2002 prices um, from when John Howard was in power. He did this deal with the gas gas companies that they could could sell at 2002 prices uh, internationally for 30 years, so that that deal is still going, uh, and so it's not in the it's not in the gas company's interest at all to sell to Australia at a cheaper rate because because they need to sell overseas at this 2002 rate because the profit well, is just so insane. Well, can have some stones. No, take some men with guns, march them into the office, and get something done. That was the most exciting Whitlam thing. With you know, is that we were going to we were going to nationalise industry. We were going to build pump pipelines, and I'm sure the progressive left of today would be opposed to this because it would be very carbon problematic. But it's like so much money that we haven't touched because what we're afraid of the CIA killing us if we stop exporting that money and giving it to big companies. Like I think that's the reason we haven't nationalised gas, right? No, well, the reason why, well, the reason why, the reason why we we don't have Gov Whitlam anymore, or and people like him, is because the CIA got rid of him because they, he wanted to get rid of Pine Gap. That was a military thing. I reckon. I reckon it's both. I reckon. I reckon he was doing a lot of stuff, and he was going to use that money to. Let, this is a different conversation. I don't want to derail the podcast entirely. <laughs> but it's like to be an independent oh, power. We've got to get a nuclear bomb. I've said it before. I say it's the only thing people remember from me saying in this podcast is I'm trying to buy a catamaran. James Donald Force began catamaran plan. Number two, can we get a nuclear weapon, please? It's necessary. Uh, yes. Fuck the subs. Let's get a catamaran for James. Uh, <laughs> um, do you think this? Do you think Australia needs a catamaran plan, James? Well, look, I mean, that's one industry that I'm trying to put forward that we could do as a country that's a little more exciting than just digging stuff out of the ground. Could we have, you know, an any export? Could we have an ABC series that people want to watch that's not Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries? <laughs> or did you hear that podcast today, Fran Kelly's getting Tom Ballard's old gig? What's going on with that? Yeah, did you listen to the drop with Osman Faruqi? Uh, on, I did. Oh Fran Kelly, God bless her. She's yeah. 105 years old. I don't know if people know that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's a great broadcaster. I think, you know, people who watch the ABC love her and I think that makes sense yeah. from the ABC perspective. Like, let's hey, find... But do you, know, do you know... The average oh. age of the ABC uh, viewer is like 70. Like, it, it's not it's not young people. When I say young people, we're in our 40s. 70 or <laughs> 5. <laughs> but even within the paradigm, even if you're just going the narrow, well, all right, we're going to have over 50s ABC presenters, I'm going to use what we know. Fran Kelly is not the one who you listen to and go, that's out, that's Australia's David Letterman right there. <laughs> Lee Sales is out of a job. 
What are we doing? She's sparkling. She's witty. What's she She's doing good now? on that podcast. Where's yeah. Lee? You should have the. Yeah. Have you been having conversations with any musical theatre people, folks, on this podcast? Because they are livid that an AFL player has gotten a starring role in Joseph and Technicolor Dreamcoat. Offensive. Yeah, that sucks. Hiring yeah. of Shane Crawford. Oh, that's. There's jazz that's, hands up in the air. James, you've got this great podcast. Mm? It's one of my favourite podcasts. I listen to it. Whenever it comes in, I listen to yeah, it. Yeah, that's very kind. It is a very vulnerable podcast. You share a lot of yourself in it um, and you have hilarious production in it. Uh, you, the way you use music and repetition and your post-production makes me laugh like a little boy. It's very, very, very funny. Uh, and the whole premise of you going out there with a podcast to try and raise enough money to buy a catamaran uh, is so stupid as someone who's had a, t- a podcast going for 10 years <laughs> <laughs> and hasn't made too yeah, much I money from this podcast, I, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how to I – I, yeah, I mean, the monetizing it does seem to be hard. Everybody does have a podcast. But that's so nice. That's really nice of you to say. I love doing it. I, I mean, look, I think it's the best podcast that I'm currently making of all of them. Um, and it is nice to just have a – but, again, I think, I, I think I'm mentally ill, Dan. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want to get into the vulnerability, but it's just it's nice to have, like, one overarching thing of, like, all right, it's all for the boat. When I'm, I'm doing a book of poems at the moment that I wrote over the last fortnight and we had an art auction and I'm, like, I'm selling mugs to people. But it's – like, at what point do you go, I, I – you know, you look back at yourself and you take stock and you go, perhaps I'm not well. You know, how long can we paper over this with a boat ambition? Yeah, pool? and so you're doing all these things. You know, you're doing the, the art auction, the poem book, which is uh, uh, 9-11 and Marlon Brando. Uh, yeah, Marlon Brando, 9-11, <laughs> beautiful poems that everybody will love. Here's the thing about the poetry. Yeah. I don't understand why people go, oh, you can't make money selling poetry. You should be able to make the most money out of poetry because it's very few pages. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. It doesn't take very long to write because I've only got a couple of words on each page. So really, you should be able to churn them out, and you charge the same amount of money. That's the crazy yeah. thing. The profit margin on a book of poems is through the roof. Yeah. It's just that people hate poems. That's about it for a rational fear this week. Big thank you to our guests, James McCann. Thank you, James. Dan, a pleasure. I'm sorry if I just shouted the no, whole that, time. No, that's okay. I think we're having a, a very robust. It's good to have a robust discussion, James. I'm glad we're having this robust. Did I say discussion. anything cancelable? No, no, you didn't say anything cancelled. Do you think no, I can get no, cancelled? No. We might lose some Patreon supporters, right. but hopefully they go to your podcast. <laughs> Killian, thank so you. Very nice to have you on. We'll have you on properly another time. Lovely. Yes, it was great to be on. Thank you. Do you guys have anything to plug? Killian, do you have anything to plug? Um, I'd like to plug James's <laughs> podcast. It sounds amazing. I want to take this opportunity to plug this podcast at Rational Fear. I want to say when I was, I did your podcast long before I had my own podcast. You were at the Cabaret Festival. And you were kind enough to have me on. And I, Dan, the, the, your work ethic is singular in this business. I don't know anyone who has your work ethic or your understanding of the industry to make it work. Uh, it's, it's captivating. I have a, I have a mental and illness, I, James. I, uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> no. I don't think a ruthless ambition for power counts as a mental illness. It's a strength. I hope Fran Kelly gets on the phone to you and gets you in charge of that show, Dan. I think you're the only man with the experience running a show of that kind in Australia. Fran Kelly, pick up the blower. Get this man working again. <laughs> uh, that's very kind. I don't. I don't do producing anymore. I just. I'm just talent, James. I'm just talent these days. I've drawn a line. <laughs> I'm like. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on the tools anymore. Okay. Well, Fran Kelly, do the right thing. Resign and allow the ABC to hire Dan for your job. There we go. Exactly. Um, or give give it to a young person. Give it to a young Dan. You're young. 
No, what are you? I used to be. I used to. We all used to be. ABC standards, you are. I, I was really, I was really hoping to get that TV show when I was a young person. <laughs> but now I'm an old person. That <laughs> ship has sailed. Give the show to a 40 year old white man. I demand it. I demand it. It's not very fashionable <laughs> anymore, is it? Please, if you are in Sydney on in September, come to Irrational Fear at the Festival of Dangerous Ideas, September 17. Kate McClymont, Damien Cave of the New York Times, uh, Amber Schultz from Crikey, Lewis Hubbard, myself, David McBride is also going to be there. Dylan Bain is going to be DJing. It's going to be great. Festival of Dangerous Ideas, uh, September 17. Big thank you to Road Mics, also to our Patreon supporters for sticking around, hanging hanging around, still paying the Patreon, even though we didn't give a show last week, last month. <laughs> I've been busy. I've been busy trying to trying to feed feed my family. Uh, and also big thanks to Jacob Round and a big thank you to James and Killian as well for joining us tonight. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.